Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. The NFL preseason has been all about quarterback battles across the league. Rookies, veterans, you name it. But down in New Orleans, the battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill was decidedly put to bed on Monday night as week two of the preseason drew to a close. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, the ESPN app, and on your smart speaker by saying play ESPN Radio. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. Greeny is off today. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny appear via the Goodyear hotline. Want to join in the conversation? Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. Be a part of Greeny Nation on the Dr. Pepper call-in line. ESPN Nation is presented by Dr. Pepper. College football is back, and so are the fans. Return to glory with Fansville by Dr. Pepper, the ones fans deserve. It's time for Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. So what we saw on Monday Night Football, a preseason version of Monday Night Football down in the Big Easy, was Jameis Winston taking a step ahead, which should be permanent in the quarterback battle for the New Orleans Saints. 9-10 for 123 yards and two touchdowns, 157.5 passer rating in his second outing of the preseason. Sean Payton has talked about the quarterback battle ad nauseum, Joe, throughout this preseason, being asked about when his timeline to decide is going to be, when he's going to make up his mind. Here's what he had to say to Lisa Salters on ESPN NFL Monday Night Football pregame show about when he's going to make a decision on his starting QB. So what's your timetable look like? By when do you want to decide? I don't have one right now. Before we play the first game. Okay, so he said there he did not have a timetable before they have their week one opener, he'll decide. A couple hours later, after beating the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-21 in week two of the preseason, here's what he had to say on on how he will handle the quarterback battle. When we we know what direction we're going, we'll we'll let you guys know. And we're not going to, you know, try to anticipate saying, hey, it's going to be midweek or next week or – yeah, I mean, that's, I think, the best way for us to handle it, and it's kind of how we've always handled something like this. But but I was pleased with not just the quarterbacks. I was pleased with how we played as a team for the most part. Okay, so you're probably wondering why we played both of those clips back-to-back, considering it was pretty much the same message in both of them. Well, yesterday, an article from Peter King of Football Morning in America of NBC Uh, came out, and apparently Sean Payton told Peter King that he was going to name his starting quarterback before the final preseason game the Saints are going to play this Saturday against the Arizona Cardinals. So he says one thing and then says another. To me, Joe, there's just a lot of posturing going on. We know that Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback, not just based on what we saw last night, but everything we've heard throughout the preseason. The good that you get from Taysom Hill – and where it outweighs or doesn't outweigh the bad that you get from Taysom Hill and where he might be better suited within this offense also helps bolster the case for Jameis Winston. There's a process here, and while a lot of people watched that game on Monday Night Football last night and thought Winston's the guy, why don't you name him the starter now, there's a process going on in New Orleans, and I think it's threefold. Number one, the longer the competition goes on, the more focused Jameis Winston has to be the more Jameis Winston has to realize that he hasn't been named the starter. We can all sit here on the peripheral 
and we can say to ourselves he's going to start. But until he gets the nod from Peyton, he needs to show up focused to work every single day. Some people might say, well, he's going to do that anyway. It's Jameis Winston. Remember, there are some knocks. Keeping Jameis Winston in the hunt for as long as possible, doing his job at the highest possible level for as long as possible, is going to be a good thing for him. It would be a good thing for any player. Number two, you don't need to be in a rush to name your starter because in week one you're taking on the Green Bay Packers at home. It's a monster game, and you're a three-point underdog. Ultimately, you don't need to tip your hand to Green Bay or anyone else any earlier than you are required to. So sit back and let the Packers guess. Number three, Taysom Hill. You probably owe something to him to an extent. People might think that's crazy, but remember, Sean Payton has kind of had this guy groomed for the job for when Drew Brees was set to retire. Now Brees is retired. Hill's not going to be getting the job. You need to make it look as if he's had every opportunity to win this thing. So coming off that game last night where Hill was a bit shaky at times and Winston was fantastic, there's no need to rub salt in the wound because you don't want to create an issue in the clubhouse. Remember, Drew Brees is not there, and that creates a major leadership void, Courtney. We know he was Mm -hmm. at the tail end of his career last season in terms of performance, but the leadership value was still there as the conduit between the coaching staff and the locker room. And that's one of the reasons why I think there was an issue and a dust-up between wide receiver Michael Thomas and Sean Payton. Drew Brees wasn't there to mitigate like he had been, or mediate, I should say, like he had been in the past. This was Jameis Winston's first time starting any game since he was a Tampa Bay Buccaneer in 2019. And you bring up that point of, this is Jameis Winston, after all. You know what you're getting. Yes, he threw for a career-best 5,109 yards. That last time we saw him in Red and Pewter down in Tampa Bay. But he also threw 33 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. So keeping Jameis locked in, in the hunt, I think helps the situation overall. But as far as Sean Payton going back and forth and flip-flopping on what he said and telling one reporter clearly in a one-on-one setting one thing and reporters after the game, a different thing. Maybe it's my reporter bias in me, but uh, that doesn't fly. Be accountable (laughs) for your words and be accountable for what you said. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and streaming live on ESPN Plus. Now, we take a look at what Jameis Winston did this preseason. Over two games, completing 16 of 22 passes for 219 yards, three touchdowns with one interception. Hill, on the other hand, thrown for 219 yards and 19 of 32 passing, and that came with a touchdown and an interception. When I'm watching this game last night and you see Jameis Winston kind of breeze through the first quarter, you have to take into account who they're playing. The Jacksonville Jaguars are not a good football team. They're not going to be a good football team this year. Yeah, they made some additions on defense, um, you know, bringing in Griffin from Seattle. But I think about that Marquez Callaway touchdown, that one-handed one. It was an absolutely beautiful throw from Jameis Winston, that that long ball into double coverage. Um, And that drew a pass interference flag. And then, you know, the the 43-yard score by Callaway culminated. And that, to me, was the moment where I'm like, this can be the guy for you. But Taysom Hill, on the other hand, a lot of up and down moments. And I understand what he's meant to this offense. I think he will be better suited to continue on in that Swiss Army knife role that he's played for, for so many years now for the New Orleans Saints. Because his throws last night. You watch him. They're like line drives. His body language doesn't look great. He looked really uncomfortable, almost even rushed when he was trying to go through and process his reads. I don't, you know, he had some positives. Sure. I think the, you know, the, the pass to the Jordan Humphrey was really good. And then he had that, that um, you know, 25-yard gain. Um, but I just, 
I just don't think that there's any need to perpetuate this any longer. Like, internally, you can do what you want. Externally, this thing is over, in my opinion. Remember something. This same Jacksonville defense went up against the Cleveland Browns in week one of the preseason, and Kyle Lawletta, Kyle Lawletta from Richmond, who has five career passes in the NFL, and those came with the New York Giants back in 2018. Kyle Lawletta completed 19 of 27 passes, which is 70%, for 212 yards, two touchdowns, and zero interceptions. Last night wasn't about tearing up Jacksonville via Jameis Winston because that's expected against this defense. Last night is about Hill being unable to tear apart this defense because guys like Kyle Lawletta have shown you can do it and you can do it on a consistent basis. Taysom Hill, 11 of 20 for 138 yards and one touchdown in his second preseason game, but it was Jameis Winston all the way on Monday Night Football, this quarterback battle, all but locked up in the Big Easy. That was Straight Talk. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com today. Straight ahead, we talked about the good from last night, but there was a whole lot of bad on the other sideline. We'll get into that next. Off and running here on Greeny, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and the ESPN app. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. We're sitting in for Mike Greenberg on this lovely Tuesday morning. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests on Greeny appear via the Goodyear hotline. Be sure to download the DraftKings app and use code Greeny, that's G-R-E-E-N-Y, to get a free shot at millions of dollars. Up for grabs this week with your first deposit. There's a minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details we're talking monday night football to wrap up week two of the preseason new orleans saints beat jacksonville jaguars 23 21 in a game that has ultimately decided in the minds of many and probably sean payton who's going to be the quarterback in new orleans for the 2021 season but on the other side of the ball with the jacksonville jaguars 
not a lot stood out at the quarterback position. Trevor Lawrence gets the start, goes 14-23 for 113 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. Looked a little better than he did in the debut, but man, he was running for his life, Joe, and he looked rough at moments when he he realized the protection he has, the pass pro in the NFL, a little different than what it looked like at Clemson. According to NextGen stats, Lawrence was pressured on 37% of his dropbacks this preseason. That's the second highest rate among 42 quarterbacks with at least 25 dropbacks only behind Joe Flacco. Lawrence was had a pressure rate of 41.7% against New Orleans. That would have been his third highest in 36 starts at Clemson. So clearly the offensive line, which has been together now for, for a year, not getting too much better at protecting its quarterback. Here's Jags head coach Urban Meyer post game on his team's performance in the loss. Thought we protected him a little bit better. I think there's only one sack, if I remember right, for the night. Yeah, we got a, you know, uh, DJ Chark. I'm, I'm counting on him to get back and give us a little vertical threat down the field. I didn't, you know, Philip Dorsett's got great speed. We got we to gotta start getting the ball. And that was the plan, and we just didn't execute in the run game and then the throw game. We just wasn't much rhythm in the first half. Okay, so Urban Meyer wants to downplay what I just said uh, about the pressure rate for for um, both uh, Trevor Lawrence and Gardner Minshew. But, I mean, in reality, both both of those quarterbacks were pretty lackluster last night, and that kept the Jaguars' receiving core from standing out. I mean, Jeff Cotton Jr., who's that second-year second player out of Idaho, came on late. He had a handful of receptions. He had that fourth-quarter touchdown from C.J. Beathard, their third-string quarterback. Um, he was probably their only bright spot in the in terms of the passing game. But as I look at this situation, brewing down in Jacksonville, and when you and I were on radio yesterday, we had ESPN NFL Nation reporter Mike DiRocco on, and we asked him about when Urban Meyer is going to name a starter. Because we all think and know it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. But at this point, behind that offensive line, that he that we saw last night where he's getting hit in the face and you know whacked around I have a lot of concerns about how this team's going to be able to protect its franchise quarterback and what that's going to look like in a season that they're probably not going to be very good this is going to take some time in Jacksonville there are situations where a rookie quarterback comes in the team is already in very good shape take a look at San Francisco and there's an opportunity there to make a run at the postseason and beyond in Jacksonville, that's not the case. So there has to be a level of patience and there has to be time to get this thing going, especially when you hire a head coach who has never coached an NFL game in his life. All right, we've got that out of the way. The process here for Jacksonville trying to build up this roster around Lawrence so far has been flawed, and we're seeing that. The first three steps to building a roster in the NFL, number one, find your franchise quarterback. Number two, Draft someone who can protect your franchise quarterback. Number three, acquire someone who can rush the other team's franchise quarterback. Quarterback, mm -hmm. protect quarterback, rush quarterback. Those are the first three steps. And that's not what happened in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck. He's no longer in the league. That's not what happened in Cincinnati with Joe Burrow. He suffered a catastrophic knee injury last season. That's not what happened for an extent of time in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz, who suffered injury after injury after injury last year behind one of the worst offensive lines in football due to the fact that so many guys were hurt. The point here is that Urban Meyer needs to ensure his investment, and he hasn't done that. 
He's got what many believe to be is a generational talent in quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Now you need to protect. You need to buy the homeowner's insurance, and you need to make sure he's going to be looked after. And instead of drafting Travis Etienne as a running back in the first round out of Clemson, when you can find a running back anywhere, then telling everyone you were really only going to use him on third downs and passing situations, which you would never use a first-round pick on, you should have been addressing the offensive line. Meyer's going to find out the hard way that this is not Ohio State. You're not going to be able to bring in offensive linemen, defensive linemen, corners, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, linebackers, and safeties in every single draft class that are all blue-chip, five-star recruits. It's going to take time, and there should have been more of an emphasis, Courtney, on the offensive line than on the running back position in that first round this past April. And they're going to be without Travis Etienne indefinitely. He's got a Liz Franck sprain. So there's your other first-round pick that you were anticipating being as good as a change of pace guy. I mean, usually you're not spending first-round picks on somebody who's going to barely play, but that's not my draft strategy. Um, the one thing, though, that really you know is a cause for concern here is not just where they're at right now in terms of pass protection. It's everything else that Jacksonville has around them. And like you said, this is a multi-year rebuild that they're in right yes. now. I mean, there's a reason that Urban Meyer got the contract that he did. There's time that you have to invest in this thing. And you've got, you know, you're probably not going to fit. You're probably going to be a top five draft pick. You're picking top five next year, right? So you're going to have a lot of draft picks and a lot of draft capital that you can use in terms of rebuilding this team from the ground up. But how how Urban Meyer does that, I think they're going to need somebody else in there, in his ear, saying, okay, pass rushers, super important. Be able to get somebody in that's going to be able to you know bolster your defense. Also, pass protection. Save your quarterback because right now it's looking like he's going to be running for his life in a team that may not win more than like two to four games. You know, the one thing that's interesting – Remember, like, when Carson Wentz went down with a foot injury and we find out he has to have surgery? Well, what happens? Everybody brings up the names of quarterbacks who could be on the trading block, potentially a new fit for Indianapolis if that thing was going to expand much longer than the, you know, three-week timetable that, uh, you know, five to 12 weeks it turned into three weeks. Well, Gardner Minshew's name was brought up in that conversation And I think after seeing these two preseason games in Jacksonville, you need to put any of that speculation to bed. You're going to want to keep this guy around. You know, their offense doesn't necessarily need as much mobility in the quarterback room as it can get, but the pass protection really, really worries me. And I think, yes, I mean, you you knew that they were not – they didn't have all their starters playing up front. Travis, uh, you know, uh, Trevor Lawrence knew that going into the game last night. But if you have somebody like – Gardner Minshew on your roster, knowing that you're probably going to be losing a lot of games, getting blown out a lot, you're going to be pulling Trevor Lawrence, what, second, you know, end, somewhere in the second half, and probably not wanting him to risk injury like a Joe Burrow situation. So then you have Gardner Minshew in the fold, and you can at least get through the 2021 season as your pass protection tries to get through it the best that it can. You know, I think that this offense, when you look at what Urban Meyer has done at other places. And and mind you, he said last night that the offense doesn't have an identity. I think that that's a pretty telling thing this many weeks into the preseason, this many months into him being there, that it's going to take them a while to figure out. But what we do know is that in his scheme, it puts the quarterback on move by design quite a bit. 
So you cannot have a stationary quarterback standing there behind a line with really leaky pass protection. That's, you know, that doesn't, that, that logic like does not make any sense. So I think if you have a quarterback, you know, a backup quarterback who has wheels of his own, you're going to be in a good situation to at least get through this season unscathed or rather, you know, less, <laughs> less scathed than you could be because it just does not feel like this offensive line is going to be holding up at all uh, for Trevor Lawrence. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. I'm Courtney Cronin. He's Joe Fortenbaugh. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Well, not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract, and get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, all on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money, Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G Capable device is required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Andy Dalton is our starter. Justin Fields' ceiling is much higher. If I'm the Bears, I would start Justin Fields. When I do get my opportunity, I just have to be ready for that moment. We all get excited about Justin Fields. All right, so uh, Justin Fields is the starter for week three of the preseason. Bears head coach Matt Nagy announced that earlier this morning. Why? Because Andy Dalton is going to be the week one starter. Since he's not playing Saturday, that job goes to Justin Fields in the preseason finale at Tennessee. Fields expected to play about two quarters against the Titans, according to Matt Nagy. Here's what the head coach of the Bears had to say and where where everything falls for the quarterback position currently heading into the third week of the preseason. Yeah, so we're going to start Justin um, uh, for that game, and I think it's going to be a, a good opportunity for him. And then, you know, uh, we'll be selective across the board for the other players as we go. So Andy will not play? Not play. And how much for Justin? Uh, I'm thinking probably two quarters. Will that be with your starters? Uh, some, but uh, not not all of them. Why? Like, yeah, so we're, we're I think probably big pictures, we're thinking that's where – the starters will come in at will be that offensive line uh, when you talk about the quote-unquote ones. And even with that, we got to be able to um, see where some of those guys are at. Will his uh, performance have no impact on week one starter quarterback? Well, again, the for us, it's all about him just getting better. So when you, when you, we just want to see him play play hard and play well. And the, the variables are different, right? He's not out there with, just like Andy hasn't been out there with some of those one receivers. So uh, all I want to see from him is just play a good game of football at the quarterback position and, again, keep the big picture in mind for all of us. Correct. Okay, so that was Matt Nagy, Bears head coach, on the decision for the preseason finality this weekend. Bears at Titans, and Justin Fields gets the nod to start. He'll play two quarters. There's been a lot of back and forth here between reporters and the head coach being pressed on – the decision that he has at hand. And I think Matt Nagy has remained pretty steady in this, but there's little pieces that you can pick apart of things that he said that might lead you to believe that he is leaving the door open, potentially depending upon what happens this week, or maybe even early into the season, about when Justin Fields could actually see the field. I want you to listen to this from yesterday. This was Matt Nagy in his Monday press conference on why Andy Dalton is standing out. 
When you go back and you look at what Andy is doing in these last two preseason games, I understand the part of, you know, we've, we haven't been getting first downs with the, and there's been three and outs in that. I, I, I get that, but Andy's decision-making has been, has been really good. He's made some plays that maybe couldn't have or, or shouldn't have been able to make, and he has. But we like what he's doing right now with the ones in practice, and I think that's what probably makes us feel good. And, but we also like where Justin's at and seeing him grow, and so that's what we got to kind of talk through here these next couple of weeks. Talk through what exactly? I, I, that's what, Joe, that, that to me is the, the door being left open because I don't know what exactly they have to talk through when they say they've seen everything they need from Andy Dalton in order to make him the week one starter. Is, does that leave some – is there some gray area there? Am I just imagining that? This is a tricky situation for Nagy because he's trying to navigate so many different elements to the head coaching position he's found himself in. Number one, he needs to get a starter ready for week one, and he needs to win games, and that appears to be Dalton. But he's also got to groom a rookie in Justin Fields, and he has to get him ready to play at some point this season, all while trying to get the fans back on his side and the organization on his side so he can save his job. There are a lot of moving parts here when it comes to Matt Nagy's position with the Chicago Bears. Andy Dalton's not going to play because they don't want to risk an injury because Andy Dalton's going to start in week one. And Andy Dalton, much like Cam Newton and much like Jimmy Garoppolo, is going to have every opportunity to go out there and win and play well and keep the job. They're professionals. It's a one-year, $10 million deal. There's no reservations whatsoever as to what Dalton is. He is a placeholder, but he gets first crack. And if he wants to elevate his game to a level we didn't see in Dallas or that we didn't see for a long time in Cincinnati, that's going to be great for him. And if not, it's going to give Fields an opportunity. But there's a reason why we don't let fans make decisions because fans aren't going to be held accountable. It's easy to sit here and yell and scream that Justin Fields is the guy you should start him from day one. As a fan base, you can do that in Chicago. And then if Fields flops or everything goes south, well, now we can pivot. We can blame Nagy, the organization, and anyone else. We're not going to take the heat. We're not going to feel the ramifications. Fields has been good, but not great in the preseason. Last week, he was 9 of 19 against Buffalo's B and C squad. 9 of 19. The week before against Miami, he did nothing against the Dolphin starters, and then he beat up on the backups. The Rams in week one is going to be an incredible test for him, and he is going to be a very good quarterback in the National Football League at some point in the future. But give him time. Dalton is there for a reason. The Eagles did this back in the late 90s when they drafted Donovan McNabb out of Syracuse. Doug Peterson, who was their head coach, was the starting quarterback there. Let Peterson take a beating as McNabb tries to get his feet wet and then put McNabb into the game. Let Dalton take a beating as Fields gets his feet wet and put him into the game. There's no rush to throw Justin Fields to the Wolves here, Courtney. None whatsoever. Are the Bears suddenly a Super Bowl contender? Did I miss that? They might go 8-8 eight eight again this year. That's the Bear trademark. But they got a lot of work to do if they want to be a team that can threaten 13 or 14 wins and make a deep run because Green Bay's still ahead of them in the division. Minnesota, who you cover, might be ahead of them in the division. And ultimately, they got issues on the offensive line they need to clean up as well before they throw a young rookie quarterback back there against the, what, 20-time reigning defensive player of the year in Aaron Donald. Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide, and you can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. No contract. All on America's best network. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. Now, one of my least favorite takes that's out there right now 
about Justin Fields and what he's capable of versus what he might need to have some training wheels on for is that you don't want to throw him out to the Wolves in terms of week one with Aaron Donald in that you want to ease him into that. Well, what's going to happen week three when he has to face Miles Garrett and the Browns? Like, I just don't know if there's ever truly the right time to get somebody to throw somebody headfirst into a 20 foot deep end. Like that's not going to change no matter what week of the season. I mean, yeah, maybe if they, when they play Cincinnati, sure. And that's early in the season, but to make that switch, I don't, I just don't feel like you, it, the argument that's there right now that he's incapable of facing that kind of talent on the defensive side of the ball. That's going to be barreling down at him is really going to change from week to week. This is the NFL. He's going to be facing good players all the time. But at this point, what Matt, everything that Matt Nagy is saying about Andy Dalton and already naming him the week one starter and reiterating that he's the week one starter is the right play here because Matt Nagy knows what he wants to do and what he should do. And no, I'm not speaking for him. I'm speaking for the just logic in general. You drafted this guy because you think that he is the fix for you at the quarterback position. But in that same breath, you know that you can't put him out there too early. Well, how early is too early? I don't know when you get that feel, Joe. I don't know what that feel is going to be. If it's week three of the preseason and you see him do some incredible things against the Tennessee Titans, I don't know how the rest of the league is going to handle these games. Is it going to be sort of that dress rehearsal? That's the cliche term that we've used in the past for the third preseason game since there is no fourth this year. Or is Tennessee going to roll out a bunch of players on the bottom half of the roster to see who's going to maybe crack the 53 of the practice squad? I want to see Justin Fields go against a, the ones on defense, and this is probably going to be our best shot to do that this week. Yeah, against Tennessee, it's an awesome opportunity. The more reps, the better for the young guys. That's why you don't understand what's going on with the Giants not playing Daniel Jones at all, right? Some of these guys who are facing crossroads, some of these guys who need the reps, who need the work, the non-Aaron Rodgers of the world, those are the guys that should be out there getting some burn. They don't have to play three quarters, but get a couple series under your feet, right? Get ready for week one because Daniel Jones is going to be facing the Broncos, and that's a top 10 defense that's coming to town. With Justin Fields, these reps are going to be valuable. For Justin Fields, this is a great opportunity to put more pressure on Andy Dalton. But remember, if you're going 9 of 19 against Buffalo's B squad, you're not exactly making a compelling case as for why you should be out there in week one over Dalton. The thing that's crushing Dalton is that everyone knows who he is. Everyone knows that the ceiling is relatively low. He had a great opportunity with a loaded arsenal in Dallas last year when Dak Prescott went down and he couldn't do much with it. He is a placeholder. So let him hold the place for a few games as Fields learns to be a professional. Doesn't mean Fields isn't a professional, but learn what it's like to go on the road. Learn what it's like for Sunday night football. Take into account all the stuff you're going to be dealing with here and get yourself a nice landing spot when you eventually play. Maybe that's week two at home against Cincinnati. That's a defense he can beat up on. But the, the absolute rush to get the kid out there when he hasn't shown necessarily that he's absolutely ready to dominate. We've seen some suspect quarterbacks put up some big numbers in the preseason. Fields hasn't done that. So give him an opportunity to learn a little bit more before he goes out there. Because once he goes out there, you're not going mm -hmm. back to Dalton. And he has the opportunity opportunity to do several of those things you said going on the road to face the Tennessee Titans Saturday August 28th the preseason finale for the Chicago Bears a 7 p.m. kickoff 
for Justin Fields and Chicago. Coming up next, the Alliance will officially be announced today. What does that mean for college sports? Joe and I will break that down next. But first, DoorDash here with Summer of Dash Pass. Right now, Dash Pass members are taking $10 off groceries, alcohol, pet food, and more. Need a nightcap? $10 off. Got a cough? Get relief delivered for less. Want to surprise your crush? Send a gift and save. Try Dash Pass for free and get special savings, exclusive menu items, and $0 delivery fees year-round. Get more from your neighborhood now. Now with DashPass in the DoorDash app. And stay cool out there. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. He is Joe Fortenbaugh. I am Courtney Cronin, and this is Greeny on ESPN Radio, ESPN Plus, and Sirius XM Channel 80. News from Greeny Nation, Adam Rittenberger, ESPN College Football Reporter, tweeted on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, quote, the alliance, per sources, set to be announced today at 2 p.m. Eastern. There will be no widespread college football scheduling principles outlined yet. Too many contracts in place and uncertainty about potential expanded college football playoff model individual leagues could still make adjustments so what this is the big 10 acc and the pac-12 expected to formally announce their alliance on tuesday that three leagues will work together on multiple fronts from college football playoff expansion to ncaa governance issues and the annual football schedule these three conferences And the schools within these three conferences believe that they hold similar values and they are going to continue to prioritize broad-based sports offerings and that the academic profile of their institution matters. Uh, So does graduating athletes. If that's not a shot at the SEC, I don't know what is. Um, But we know that this is the chance for the other three conferences within the Power Five to try to gain some leverage and hold their own power as the SEC now expands to 16 teams with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas. But, but Joe, I'll start here. How excited should college football fans be that this sounds like it's on the cusp of happening? 
a little bit now, more so down the road when we get what the fans are going to get out of this, which is the scheduling that's going to come from the ACC, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten working together. That's going to be more impressive because right now this is just jockeying amongst very wealthy, very powerful individuals who are trying to keep up with even more powerful individuals. The SEC flexed in a big, big way this summer when when they announced they're bringing in Oklahoma and Texas, and that shook up the entire dynamic of college football. And now you have three conferences. Note who was left out of this alliance, which is the Big 12. Three conferences looking at the Big 12 thinking, if this could happen to them, it can happen to us. So why don't we band together? Why don't we work together? And why don't we grab each other's backs right up until the SEC comes for one of our schools, and then that team will end up leaving anyway and turning its back on the alliance? Because make no mistake about it. You can sit here if you're the Pac-12 and be like, hey, we're armed up with the Big Ten. We're armed up with the ACC. You can't get us. And then a little backroom deal between the SEC and USC can alter all of that. So it's a direct countershot to what the SEC is doing because the SEC now can flex in a big way. They got that ESPN contract coming up. They're going to have great broadcasting. They are going to have so much power when it comes to influencing the playoff structure, whether or not we're going to expand the playoffs, who's going to get into the playoffs, who's getting the TV money, and which teams are going to be dominating. This is just something these three conferences needed to do, Courtney, as quickly as possible to show that they weren't going to get steamrolled by everything taking place in the Southeast. Yeah, this is going to change the landscape of college football as we know it. I think that that's a pretty obvious thing. This is their chance to throw water on what the SEC is doing, how, if that will actually put the flame out, who knows. But this alliance is going to change the, the, outs, the outlook for college football for the next 5, 10 years and, and even beyond that. And I think you know, the big question is what does this mean for scheduling games because it's going to get really complicated considering how many of these programs are locked into future contracts at the moment. Um, you know, Big 12, Pac-12, you know, they require at the moment that their member schools play nine conference games apiece. That's, you know, different than what the ACC does. And so I wonder at this point, because we really don't know what that looks like. It, it's, as I said, a really convoluted, complicated process. And there have been some writers who have, you know, re- done a really good job trying to, like, spell it out for those of us who couldn't even wrap our head around what that would look like. Just con- considering, you know, under this plan, like, are you going to adopt the Big Ten's conference season and have that consist of six games with either the East or West Division, the two crossover games? You know, the ACC plays eight conference games. Like, that would potentially ske- – then you could potentially schedule a Big Ten and a t- Pac-12 opponent annually. It just feels like there's so many boxes that still need to be checked here that I can't really fully buy into this yet and be excited about what these potential new rivalries that are going to be created will be until we get a little further down the line. Right. And remember something right now, the way you see some of these structures, we're going to have two great games early in the season. Oregon's going to travel to Ohio State. Washington's traveling to Michigan. Right. That's the type of thing we can see more of with an alliance like this. But there's got to be a big stiff arm coming from this this alliance when it comes to scheduling until they see how the playoff structure is going to work. And what I mean by that is we're going to be more inclined with Oklahoma and Texas in the SEC to grant leeway to schools with one, maybe even two losses 
if you're Oklahoma and your two losses came on the road at Alabama and on the road at Georgia, right? Like, we're going to put a lot of value on teams like that where we might look at Oregon going 10-1 and and say to ourselves, well, you know, the one loss came to UCLA. We're going to knock them out. So these three want to work together to figure out what the playoff format's going to look like and then how can they create scheduling that puts their marquee teams into the playoff. Because the last thing you want to do is create too many patsies with the strength of schedule is weak. But the next worst thing you want to do is create too many tough matchups where your teams are losing two or three games a season and they can't get into the playoffs because of a one-loss or two-loss Oklahoma. A counterpunch to what the SEC's expansion became this offseason being led apparently by the Pac-12. Certainly a big storyline to continue following in the college football world. Greeny is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home, car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Straight ahead, an MLB team that has won 10 games in a row. Are they now all of a sudden World Series contenders? We'll get into that next. Greeny, ESPN Radio, ESPN+. Plus. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.